This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 130 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you're a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. My name is Aubrey Pastoric, and I'm the producer of the podcast. The episode you're about to hear is a conversation between Becky and Liz Charlotte Grant about author branding. Liz was on our podcast previously, and we're so excited to have her back with us. Before we get into the conversation, here's a little bit more about Liz. Liz is a nonfiction author and editor for The Curator Magazine. She has a memoir coming out soon about losing vision and seeing God's vision. And we're so excited to be joined by Liz again. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be recording another episode with the amazing Liz Charlotte Grant. And she's back by popular demand because her episode that we recorded about growing Instagram is among our most listened to podcasts. So if you haven't listened to that one, we will put the link in the show notes and encourage you to check out Liz on the topic of Instagram growth. Today, I'm so thrilled to talk with Liz about branding for authors. And as we get started today, Liz, would you mind defining from your perspective what what author branding is. I'm delighted to be here with you again, Becky. Thank you so much for having me again. I think about brand as the look and feel that a consumer can expect from a person or organization or company. And so I know when we hear brand, probably the first thing you think of is a logo. So that Nike swoosh, we think, oh, that's what brand is or just do it. That's what brand is, right? And it can feel kind of schmarmy, I think, for authors sometimes because it feels like so businessy. <laughs> and we like to stay in that creative space where we get to kind of swim in the waters without money. Money is no concern because it's just all creative. <laughs> but I think the reality is that brand can really help us stand out in our category as an author. And it's really about what is unique about you. So what are you creating as an author that's unique? What are you offering to readers that they won't find anywhere else? What can they expect to feel? or to the types of things to read or experience when they enter your world or read your words. This is really about revealing who you are and then consistently showing up as yourself. I love that perspective. So Liz, why is it so important for an author to understand branding? I think the reality is you have a brand whether you have honed it or not. So I think the fact is that you can play a part in defining your brand, or you can just go along with whatever somebody already thinks about you. And so I think it's more helpful to be intentional with the brand that we have because it's going to help you clarify your ideal audience. It actually helps you attract new folks by kind of signaling that you're one of them. So really brand is about belonging in that sense. I also think it builds greater attachment and trust with the audience you have. And it communicates professionalism and trustworthiness to publishing professionals. So they're seeing you're a good investment. So that's basically clarifies your audience, attracts new folks, builds greater attachment, and then communicates that professionalism within publishing. I mean, ultimately, when we're talking about writing, it's one thing to have the goal of just pounding out the words in a Word document. It's a totally other thing when we're considering actually putting our words into print. And I think when you are thinking at that level of professionalism for your writing, 
that's when you start to really think about brand. That is really helpful. So for a moment, let's talk about you, Liz. Can you tell me a little bit about your brand and what you're seeking to share through your author brand? Absolutely. Yes. One of the things that I have heard over and over from folks is that when people meet me, they find me warm and friendly. Okay. So that is pretty much the basis of my brand. (laughs) It's a sense of trying to create hospitality and openness in spaces wherever I am online, whether I'm in social media, Facebook, if it's things I'm publishing, if it's my newsletter, if it's a speaking event and people are coming up to me afterwards. My goal is always to try to really connect in a hospitable and warm way. And so you'll notice if you go to my website, I'm grinning in my image. I look excited to meet you. My colors are warm. They're in warm tones. And then the way that I describe myself as well is a little bit more familiar than you might find as far as tone goes, than you might find on, I don't know, a bio of an executive for Nike, right? (laughs) They're not going to be telling you the kind of things that I'm telling you. I reveal quite a bit about myself on my website. And that's because I'm seeking to create an environment that feels hospitable to whoever happens to stumble across my website. So really, in all aspects of my branding, my goal is to be open and honest and warm. Well, I have definitely gotten that from my interactions with you. And I've noticed it from your Instagram, where I've really enjoyed following you. So I'm curious which authors you've observed as it relates to their online presence, who you think have incredibly memorable brands. And the reason why I'm asking is because I'm hopeful that those who are listening may get some ideas uh, from these authors who are doing branding well. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've pulled out a few examples for your audience. You'll be able to find them, I think, in the show notes for this episode. But I tried to get some in some different genres. So the first person that I want to talk about is David Sedaris. When you think about David Sedaris, when I think about David Sedaris, I should say, he's a humorist. He writes for The New Yorker. He's been on This American Life many times. Everything about his brand is meant to communicate fun, playfulness, but then also this kind of classic humor. So if I go on his website, his bio is not a photograph. Like His headshot is not a photograph. It looks like a New Yorker card. Someone illustrated his headshot which just feels absolutely perfect to me. Cheryl Strayed is another example I'd love to draw out. Cheryl wrote the Dear Sugar column for The Rumpus. And then she went on to write Wild, which obviously one of the most successful memoirs in the past 10 years. And she has several... I mean, her thing is raw vulnerability. So you go to her website and listen, it doesn't look like a designer did her website. Sorry, Cheryl, no offense. But it really is okay for Cheryl Strayed. You know, because her whole thing is here I am. I'm this kind of raw mess, but I am just offering myself to you. And then she has some of these photos that are just so, just feel so intimate. Unlike, I mean, again, you would never see that in a Nike exec, right? Like these are very intimate photos that really give you a sense of who she is. And then in the interviews she's done, even her messaging has stayed with that as well. So she gave an interview with Vanity Fair where she talks about. She owns a brown Honda, a 2004 Honda Accord. She said, it's the only car, the only new car I've ever had. She talks about working as a janitor. (laughs) She talks about working as a waitress at Dairy Queen. I mean, 
this is just a woman who is like, I am down to earth. I am on your level. And so her biggest pet peeve, she tells Vanity Fair, is being rude to the waitstaff. So just in every aspect, she is encompassing. It's not necessarily just her personality, right, that we're seeing there, but it is certainly a big part of her brand, okay? We move on to R.L. Stein, <laughs> the Goosebumps author. He writes various versions of kind of scary stories, right? If you go to his website, his headshot, and I focused on headshots particularly right now because I was finding that a really interesting way of seeing brand played out. So R.L. Stein's headshot looks like Hitchcock. I mean, if you were to look at a, a photograph of Hitchcock, it has that exact vibe, his logo, his name written in bones. <laughs> Everything that he's doing is around the scary stories, but then also providing some tools for other writers who would be interested in writing scary stories. Ibram X. Kendi is another great example. Ibram is an activist, an anti-racism activist. It's a National Book Award winner. So, so he's, he's a very serious man. And you go to his website and there is gravity to this website. Everything that he's writing is encompassing this kind of gravity of this civil rights movement. And so you have this sense of history being made as you even interact in any of his spaces online. In contrast with that, I have one of my favorite influencers and writers. I think she does brand so well. Her name's Nora McElnerney. And she does the Terrible Thanks for Asking podcast. And she is a very funny comedian. But then she also has this Midwestern nice professional feel to her. So she lost her husband when she was young. She was actually pregnant at the time when he got brain cancer. So everything she's writing is writing about the absurdity of grief and some of those experiences that she had where she didn't know what to do with herself. And so you see this kind of dark humor throughout everything she does. And so her headshot on her website, she's sitting in a chair giving you a look that's a, a sassy look with bright red lipstick. And there are papers flying everywhere. I mean, it's like someone just picked up a whole ream of, of paper and threw it into the air all around her, you know, this sense of chaos. It's, but it's just so perfect for who she is. And lastly, I want to talk about Dave Pilkey. Dave Pilkey writes children's books like the Captain Underpants series. My daughter, who is eight years old, is probably Dave Pilkey's biggest fan. I mean, has read every single thing, wants every single book. So on his website, it just looks like one of his stories. Like it looks like they're all graphic novels. They're all in a very comic style. And he also has resources for kids to learn how to draw comics for free as free principles on his site. So in every way, these, these people are saying, okay, what makes me unique? It's some combination of personality, some combination of genre and kind of where, where they fit in the literary landscape and some combination of marketing prowess to say, okay, why would people be seeking me out online? What are they actually looking for when they go online to look at my stuff? Are they wanting to hire me as a speaker? Like Ibrahim X. Kendi is going to want to put that high on his website, right? People want to hear from Ibrahim X. Kendi. Dave Pilkey, maybe. Or maybe kids just love it and they want more. And so they want more of his content and to be able to learn how to do it like him, right? I think just 
from beginning to end, these folks have understood brand. They've understood what makes them unique and different and have really leaned into that. So what advice would you have, Liz, for someone who's just starting out with building an author brand? Because you did mention, and I often share with clients, you already have a brand. What you need to do is clarify that, make some choices about how you want to show up through your online presence. So how would someone start that? I would recommend asking and examining yourself first. So really looking at what are you trying to do already? How are you wanting other people to see you? What do you want people to think of when they hear your name? Why are people reading your words? It's worth asking, who's your audience and why do they like you? And I'm wondering too, in what other ways are authors within your genre or niche already engaging with their audiences? And what can you emulate? Both that copies them just to kind of try it, but then also breaks new ground as well. Those are really helpful suggestions, Liz. And you mentioned a resource on your website. Do we have that link in the show notes? Yes, we do. Amazing. So how about for an author who may be a little bit farther along on their branding journey? What ideas do you have for ways that they can drill down and be even more effective in sharing their brand? I would say it could be helpful actually at that stage to hire a designer. I think one of the things that authors tend to undervalue (laughs) is the professionals who do this all the time. My husband, I happen to have a designer who lives in my house, which makes me exceptionally lucky and which I definitely recognize. My husband does branding for his job. And so he is a designer and illustrator. And so I often will go to him and say, Hey, can you create a brand for me for this new project I'm working on? They actually just created, we're working on a podcast together. And so he just created a graphic for me that's our logo for this project. And it sort of expands on the brand I already have while breaking some new ground also with some kind of 70s, fun 70s graphics. But I think it's worthwhile to... If you've been working on this for a while on your own, I think the DIY thing, you can create some really great branded stuff using services like Canvas for logo or hiring or getting a professional website from Squarespace or somebody like that or Wix. There's plenty of templates you can get that have been designed by designers. I think taking it to the next level really looks like how for you individually, how does your look and feel look distinctive within what you've already done? And that can really elevate the brand that you have a little bit further. And I would in particular focus on messaging when you're starting out, and which is why when you are a little more established, I think focusing even more on the look and feel, that look of your brand is going to be pretty essential. I think when you don't have a budget to do a brand with a designer, focusing on messaging is a great way to still refine what you're doing and say, okay, what kind of author am I? Do I speak up about politics or not? Do I need to give my opinion all the time? I mean, I think about JK Rowling, right? She's been skewered lately because of her the discussion that's about trans women. And that's a great example of an author who went off brand, right? In some way, her audience said, you broke trust with us by commenting on this thing that was kind of out of your lane. And that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to step out of your lane occasionally, but you are developing this relationship of trust with your audience. And your brand helps to undergird that and to give it shape and form. And so in the case of JK Rowling, she overstepped, right? She stepped out of that shape and... That doesn't mean it was necessarily the wrong thing to do for her, you know, in her view, 
but certainly she's faced consequences for that. Yeah, that's really helpful. So as it relates to the action steps, we always leave our listeners with a couple of things that they can implement immediately. And I'm just going to quickly restate those for our listeners. If you are just starting out with your author brand, Liz recommends looking at the resource that she created that will help you really think through who you want to be through your online presence. And I would encourage you to download that resource as an action step from today's call. The second thing is if you are an author who's a little bit farther along in your journey, the recommendation is to seek out some professional help from a graphic designer who can really help you bring your brand to life through the visual look and feel of your brand. And it sounds like there's a recommendation here potentially for Liz's husband. I'm not sure if we're going to have his business name and info in the show notes. Anything else that you can think of, Liz, that you would recommend as an action step? I think it's important for your listeners to know that there's no wrong way to do brand. I think sometimes it can feel like we have so many things piled onto us as authors and so many things we should be doing. All the shoulds, right? And I think it's okay to do it slowly, to start with one thing at a time and really say, what's the one thing I can focus on around brand this week? Is it going through my website to find the messages that are already there and then to refine those messages further? Is it creating, getting a headshot that a professional photographer shot for you instead of a selfie? (laughs) You know what I mean? I think because these things can often feel so overwhelming, it's helpful to know that we all do it at our own pace and that's okay. There's no wrong way to do brand. That's really helpful. And for those of you who might be curious, I'm in the process as I prepare for my new book coming out. I'm at revamping my website at beckyrobinson.com and just scheduled my author photo shoot. So I believe this episode is airing in August and we're hoping a couple of months from now to have my new brand images and all those things revealed. So it's always a little bit awkward when you're teaching others about something and then you have to implement it. It feels like all eyes are on you. So obviously, everyone's going to go looking at Liz's website and evaluating it based on these comments. And I welcome you to look at mine, but not until we uh, launch the new site. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. It's coming. Liz, thanks so much for joining me. I hope that we'll get to have another conversation soon. Thank you so much, Becky. It's just a delight. And watch the show notes for all the ways that you can stay in touch with Liz and her work. All those links will be there in the show notes. As always, feel free to email me. I'm Becky at weavinginfluence.com. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll subscribe today and tell a friend about our show. If you're looking for hands-on help to market your book or have a question you'd like to hear me answer here, please email me, Becky at weavinginfluence.com. 